right, well, um, this has been a week. Uh, we're not going to talk about much sports today. This is the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Movie. We're not going to talk much about the actual games today. Um, but Texas Tech did play basketball on Saturday. They lost 71-68. They went 1-2 and two in the Shiners Classic. And I, I'm recording this on Monday morning. I was going to record it last night. And then the game lasted for about six hours against AM. We fell 4-2. They scored a tying run in the top of the ninth. But the big story is Mark Adams uh, suspended from Texas Tech. And I think that Mark Adams has coached his last game at Texas Tech. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, not only Mark Adams being suspended, but not not only what he did either, but the fact that he's still talking to the media right now and claiming that he didn't apologize. So, uh, we're going to start out with Mark Adams stuff for obvious reasons. All right, so um, Mark Adams, this was a surprising one. Apparently, he said was trying to quote a Bible verse about slaves obeying their masters, allegedly. Um, and that is what led to his firing. And I, I see he, he said there was nothing racist intended. He said, there's always a master and a servant, whether you use the word servant or slave, we don't know. Um, but he obviously said something that didn't come across well to a 13 man team where 12 of the players are black. Um, and then not only that. Adams has been talking to Stadium today, uh, Jeff Goodman. He said, there's always master in the service. I was quoting the scripture. It was a private conversation about coaching. And when you have a job and being coachable, um, I said that in the Bible, Jesus talks about how we all have bosses and we're all servants. I was quoting the Bible about that. Um, he said he addressed the team the following day to explain the situation. And uh, early reports... We're saying that Mark Adams apologized the next day. But here's what Mark Adams said about it. One of my coaches said it bothered the player. I explained to them. I didn't apologize. That's the end of the quote. He, he straight up is making a racially insensitive remark. And if, 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 I'm not going to say he's a racist. I think everybody says stuff that's stupid. But that that's an awful look. That's something you just can't say. And if you're going to say that... And you have a day to sleep on it. You can't just say, I explained it to them. I didn't apologize. No, no you kind of got to apologize. Because what's this going to do for your program and your ability to go coach and recruit? And how many of these players are going to stay at your program next year if you don't get your ship, if you get don't get your house in order? And I, I think that, look, Adams, he's done at Texas Tech. There is just no way you can keep him. They you just think about from the perspective now that this story's out there. How are you going to recruit? He already wasn't doing, wasn't recruiting well. There were rumors that he was skipping recruiting trips. Even he, he was not a good recruiting well. I get that he got this last class. This next class wasn't as good of a class. Um, he, you got two good players. Yeah, two good players, but they're both shooting guards, and they're and you're ranked eighth in the Big Twelve, just ahead of TCU when they have everybody that can come back, and then. West Virginia, who hasn't recruited a single kid. In addition to that, um, there was rumors that he had something uh, before the season where he spit on a player or earlier in the season. Um, 
I don't believe that was true. I believe he had like a cough drop in and was slobbering, um, which is a pretty weird word to hear in a story like this. But it seems like he was slobbering. But uh, he, here's what's weird about it. Um, they said that somebody told told him that Adam said, quote, I can spit on you whenever I want to. And Adam's response was, quote, I don't remember saying that. Now, okay, um, if somebody said, hey, um, in October, did you go and just cuss out a five-year-old girl and say all these words to her? I my defense wouldn't be no. I don't remember saying that. My defense is no. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't say that. I mean, hey, uh, did you go and sucker punch a homeless guy three months ago? It's like, uh, no, I don't remember doing that. Or no, no, I, I definitely didn't go sucker punch a homeless guy three months ago. But I mean, it, what I heard was it was completely incidental. Somebody basically told him to chill, and he kind of acted arrogant after it. Um, which I, I think that one thing that, um, some people, when I talked about this after the Baylor loss, when there were boosters on the board, when I was on my fire, Mark Adams tangent, and I'd like to apologize for leaving that bandwagon. I got f- fooled by a few wins. I said, I matured as a person. That's obviously not true. Um, but it, it seemed like he was arrogant with boosters. He thought that he could alienate them, do do whatever he wanted, and that he'd be fine. And now it just reeks of arrogance that he's suspended. You have a serious situation that, okay, nothing racial was intended, but it's a situation that could damage the program's image, could damage his ability to recruit, Texas Tech's ability to recruit. And you're still talking to the media and a media member that all your fans hate? I mean, could you be talking to a worse person right now? Like, seriously, you're, you're not even going to somebody at ESPN or Fox Sports. You're going to somebody at Stadium, and it's a guy that trolls your fans all the time. And now, I, I kind of like some of Jeff's reporting, and I just ignore the Texas Tech parts because I know that he troll, trolls on that. But that is the worst guy. That is the last guy Mark Adams should be talking to right now. I... I don't understand what he's thinking. He's probably not. I don't know what's going on up there in his head because some of the decisions, Jesus Christ, it's like he's drawing up that final play against OU in the second half in Lubbock this year. Uh, you don't know what's going on up there in his head. but And not only that, but to come out after you've been suspended and say, I explained it. I didn't apologize. Well, you should have probably apologized because guess what? Now you can get fired for cause, and now you're going to lose your $7 million buyout. See ya. But there is just no way you can keep him. And I'm not saying Mark Adams is a racist. I'm saying it seems like he's arrogant. I, I, I guess you could say all this stuff is allegedly to cover myself here, but, um, you know, the guy kind of just did admit, it, admit to it. But you've had stories, and to take it back, you had a regent. A regent. A guy whose name's on the buildings. Uh, talking about it at Red Rare Sports message boards about how he forced, how it was Mark Adams' decision that Barry Peer, Barrett Peary left, and rec- he was a really good recruiter, and we lost him because Mark Adams forced him out. And then you had other donors, uh, not that guy, but two or three other donors. One of them very recognizable too, um, talking about 
NIL support's going to dry up because Mark Adams just has been alienating all the boosters. You add that in, he hired his son, who got fired from a JUCO, and he didn't even just hire him this year. This was not just a this year problem. He brought him on staff last year before the tournament. Um, and then also, the guy has a major, major um, personal scandal. A, a big personal scandal. That I mean, I'm sorry. Anybody with a personal scandal he has should not be lecturing uh, kids on the Bible as he continues to double down on it and using the Bible as a way to demean people. I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, it, you don't get to use that. And it, it, it's some pretty crazy stories about him. Um, I'm sure a lot more will come out. I will say, um, if you want to learn more, go to the message boards. I think you'll see... A, See a good amount more. That is a paid site, so I'm not going to say uh, everything that was on there. But you alienated the boosters to the point where you weren't going to get NIL. And then he responded to that by saying, that's fine. I have friends all over the state. Oh, I hope your friends can help you out now, buddy. Um, and then you're saying you didn't apologize. You just explained it. But I didn't apologize. And then on the, did you tell somebody, a player, that you can spit on them whenever they want? Your your immediate response is, no, I would never say that to a player. I would never say that to a player. I would never say that to somebody I have respect for. Your response was, eh, I don't remember saying that. What? I, I mean, this whole thing, the Mark Adams era is done. It, it, he will never coach a game at Texas Tech again and good. Um, this thing, honestly, I think that it was going to go off the rails. I think that it was going to be a worse season next year. I think a lot of players were going to be able to transfer out. I think I tweeted a few days ago saying, yeah, he did a good job keeping this team alive. It was a good coaching job to keep them alive, keep the locker room together. I think that's just more on the players now. I, I mean, I think that's clear because if you say something and it's misquoting scripture from the Bible or quoting the wrong one or something like that, and you have a good relationship with the players, and they know that you care about them and all of that, and you apologize to them the next day, it probably gets brushed under the rug. I mean, Creighton's uh, McDermott, he had that, uh, we need guys to stay on the plantation quote. Uh, he had been there for like 15 years. It seemed like he had a pretty good relationship with the players. Um, he got suspended, what, a game or two, and then was right back, no issues with him. I mean, I think that when you... Mike Gundy was wearing the OAN t-shirt during BLM, which I'm not going to lie. That was that was kind of overblown. He, he was wearing a shirt fishing. You don't wear your favorite shirts that you're most proud of fishing typically. But he, he didn't get suspended. He had to take a pay cut. Um, and then he was right back and there were no issues after that. So it just seems like this was a real level of arrogance. This shows that he doesn't have the locker room. Shows the guys don't want to play for them. And there's even a quote from people close to the matter uh, from Jeff Goodman. Again, uh, not that he's close to the matter, that people told him that that were. Um, that most of the players just don't want to play for him. They'd be shocked if he's back. No players really want to play for him. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. This is not a guy that inspires you. Um, I, I said it after the Baylor one. Um, or the Baylor loss in Waco that once the booster stuff came out, I, th I basically thought we should get rid of him. This should be his last year. And he had a $7 million buyout that was going to hold it back. 
That's not the case anymore. That's not the case. You have cause to fire him. You get rid of him. He dug his own grave. He spent the last 12 months um, going around, uh, making every important person he could angry at him. Um, He's done it to himself. It's hard to have much sympathy for him there. Uh, This is all his doing, what's about to happen to him, and he brought it on, on himself. Also, the way I hope Kirby does it, he calls Mark in, sits him down, and say, Hey, so you have this long contract. Well, I've heard stories about how you hired or honor commitments. Um, well, let's rethink that. Sorry. <laughs> that, that would be a good way to do it. Interesting way. But anyways, um, on the basketball front, uh, because we got a lot going on, uh, the Big 12 tournament is coming up. I'm really glad that the players get a game without Mark Adams on the staff. Um, I think that's really good. I want to see what these players could do. I think that they'll respond well. Um, they lost 71-68 to Oklahoma State. I'm not going to talk about that. That was the most worthless conference game Texas Tech has played uh, probably since like 2004 or 2014, sorry. Um, but I think that there's some opportunity here. Um, this team has fought through adversity all year. The guy that it seems like they really didn't like is now gone. Hope they go out and play free now. I wouldn't be surprised if they drop a stinker and go home. Um, immediately after playing West Virginia, lose that game by 15, just look flat. I wouldn't be surprised if they just want the season to be over with, I would get it. But I don't think that's really in this team's DNA. Um, We saw them fight hard throughout conference play down the stretch. Um, They fought back against Oklahoma State and Stillwater, went on that win streak. Um, Even that TCU game they fought back in, same with Kansas, same with this past Oklahoma State game. Um, So I'd be a little bit surprised. If this team doesn't at least show some fight, I wouldn't be shocked by it again. But I do think that this team has a lot of fight in them. I think that they're going to be, you know, really play free. Um, Get a win against West Virginia. That's a winnable game for you. You beat them in Morgantown. Yeah, they beat you in Lubbock. I know they've been playing well the past week. But they've wrapped up their NCAA tournament bid. Um, They beat an Iowa State team who is struggling as pretty badly. Um, and then they won a home game, so I'm not taking too much stock in that. Um, they're amped up. They were fired up for that. I think that knowing that they're in, they shouldn't even have to go to the first four in Dayton at this point. I think they've proven they should just be in the first round. Um, I, I think that this is a real opportunity. You're playing a good team. Um, you can play free. You're going to have a new coach. I guess that's uh, Al Pinkins. Um, I, I really think that this is a game that they can win. And then you get into Kansas and you, on on Thursday, and that's going to be tough. It's in Kansas City. The good news is you're not getting them Thursday night in Kansas City. You're getting them Thursday at 2 p.m. in Kansas City, which I think is going to help you a bit. It's going to be a little bit less hostile of an atmosphere. I know Kansas played West Virginia in the same slot last year, and it was still very, very pro Jayhawks there. But... I think that you've played them close twice. This is a game that you can steal one. You can make it to the semis. I don't think that you could beat a Baylor. If you get Iowa State, maybe. I mean, Caleb Grill's off the team. He, When you played them in Lubbock, he lit you up in Lubbock. He's not on the team anymore, so I think that gives you some hope, some more hope for that game. I, I don't think that you can win this tournament. I think one of the biggest reasons, no team has ever won four games in four days. Um, it's happened three times that a team that played on the opening day had gotten to the final. 
Um, Baylor did it once. Uh, Baylor did it maybe twice, actually. I think they were a five seed and then a nine seed. And then in 1997, Missouri did it um, as a 10 seed. But I think it's really unlikely that you get that far. You can do it. All three of those teams lost in the final. I think a real problem is your depth at center. Not that Amac and Bacho aren't good. It helps a lot that Bacho's returned and that he can play in Kansas City for you now. That's a big boost for Texas Tech. But I still think it's going to be probably a bridge too far for them this time. Um, you know, it helps, again, that he's back. But, you know, is how much is he going to be able to do? And can these guys put it together for four games in four days? Um, especially starting at night at 6 p.m. And then your final would be at 5 p.m. So it's not even that, oh, you get at 11 a.m. Yeah, really, that turnaround from that Wednesday to Thursday will be rough. You're playing from 6 p.m. to 2 p.m. the next day. Then you get a little bit uh, of a break before you play at 6 p.m. on Friday if you can make the semis. But I, it's going to be a tough, tough mountain for this team to climb. My hopes for them are that they beat West Virginia, give Kansas a game, maybe pull that one off. I think you call it a successful day. I will say at this point, I think that the NIT is off the table. You say, no, we need to get our house in order. I think that they did turn down the NIT invite in Beard's first year. You're turned down, <laughs> turning down an invite where the team didn't play awful, went 6-12. and 12. You're definitely turning down when you have 5-13 and 13 fired a coach and have a scandal going on. Um, but I after we get eliminated from the Big 12 tournament or win the Big 12 tournament then get eliminated from the NCAAs, I'll do a recap on who I think stays and goes. But for now, we have baseball to talk about. So they opened with a loss to Rice. Um, tight loss, I believe it was 3-2 on Friday. Rice wasn't a great team. Uh, the bats just weren't going well. The next day you beat Michigan 10-7. And then last night in the six-hour game, you lose it. Four to two. You were up two one in the top of the ninth. Your pitcher walked what two or three straight batters to load the bases, and then they got an then walked in another run, I believe, the tying run, and it's bases loaded. You pull the pitcher, you get out of the jam, and they had some chances. I believe it was like something like thirty two runners left on bases between the two teams at one point in this game, which is insane. But, man, and then we had a guy on third with one out, I believe, in the bottom of the 10th or 11th. It just sucks to lose that game after this week, especially against A&M. You don't play them much. That would have been a huge win. That would have been a huge boost. I remember right after we lost to Duke in the Sweet 16, next day you beat Texas on a steal from home or a steal in home uh, by Kurt Wilson. Then he hits a grand slam to walk it off, I believe, in the 10th inning on that Saturday game. Man, that. They could have gotten a walk-off against AM That would have felt pretty much like that, but not to be. I will say um, we left Bravo in. He's the young pitcher. I don't blame Tadlock for that. I do not blame Tadlock at all for leaving Bravo in. I get that with a young pitcher early in the season. You want to let him pitch through it. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work for us this time, but you know, normally I don't mind, especially early in the season, leaving Bravo in and um, or leaving a young pitcher in and seeing if they can get through it. This isn't going to impact you in conference. You dropped out of the D1 baseball rankings this morning, which 
think it's kind of weird. You opened at 24, went uh, 8-0 and before their last rankings, went 3-2 and this week. You never rose in the rankings, and then you get dropped out after an extra innings loss to A&M. I think that's pretty harsh. I mean, you're one hit away from beating the number 14 team in the nation to go to, what, 12-1? and But it is what it is. Um, still a lot of baseball left to be played. You only have two losses. It's not a killer for you at all. The RPI is pretty bad right now, but it will improve. Um, but that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Mark Adams done as head coach. Um, thank God we have Tim Tadlock. Um, he's definitely not going to be on the hot seat this year. And, uh, well, football is going to be good. I think in the long term next year, I think our basketball program will be better for not having Mark Adams on the sidelines.